Here he is. Hello, mate. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Welcome to the Hit in the Areas podcast with me, Jamie Roberts, and my co-host, Richard Kyson. All right, Jambo. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah. Good stuff. So why are we doing a podcast, Jam? Well, Rich, the reason why we're doing a podcast is because we like to get in a room and chat football. So what I wanted to do was chat football with people from all aspects of football. So if that's anything from coaching to owners of a football club to scouts uh, to players and really anything to do with the broadcasting and social media of football. So each episode, we're going to dedicate a certain aspect of the great game and we'll include special guests. And we'll centre that around the specific role in football. Who's first up, Jam? So first up, we've got non-league legend and social media legend at the moment, Billy Cove. The reason why we got Bill on, um, we wanted to talk to him about, obviously, social media and we wanted to talk to him uh, about his non-league career. Obviously, myself... And you, Rich, we're both in non-league football. I'm a coach, a head coach at Step 7 Football Club, Trin Corinthians. And you're our director of football at Trin Corinthians, looking after both both sides at the club. So while we're in this pandemic, I thought, let's start a podcast and just chat to all, all aspects of football. Brilliant. Sounds good. Should we get to it? Should we talk to yeah, Bill? Yeah, why not? Let's get started. Welcome our guest today, Billy Cove. How are you, mate? Good, thank you, mate. How are you doing, Rich? How are you doing, Jim? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Billy. Yeah, top stuff, top stuff. Bill, you're the first guest. First guest, first episode. What an honour. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Bill, I'll be first, honest. Man, first man, getting an Arsenal fan on first guest. We, were, well. we didn't want to say it. But <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try and keep the... Well, we can't exactly say much, can we? Christ, Jesus. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I wanted to get you on. I think I've been following you probably since the start of this season, um, mainly because I saw you on Twitter. I've seen like some of the posts you tweet, and I was just like, this guy's right up my street, He's talking the same language when it comes to non-league and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wanted to get you on. Wanted to, uh, you know, you've, you've sort of taken off throughout the season as well, like with the grassroots TV. So uh, yeah. we'll have a little chat about that, we'll chat about the management, we'll chat about COVID. Um, yeah. and uh, we'll have a little chat about your playing career as well. Yeah, cool. No problem. Um, so, um, Rich, do you want to start off with a question, bud? You... Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, first of all, Bill, how did you get into management? Obviously, you had a sort of big, big sort of playing career, non league, main at Enfield Town. Um, how did you get into into sort of step seven management? Well, and why? Um, my first stint in management was, um, in 2008, just after I'd finished playing, um, I was just, um, my dad's friend. Well, I've been friends with a guy called Reggie Curtis for for many years, and he was the chairman at the club where I first started, called Eton Manor. Oh yeah. Um, so I started there as my youth in my youth days, and uh, when I finished playing, I, I actually to to make it a little bit romantic, I went and joined Eton Manor as well as my last club. So it was my first and my last. So when I packed in playing, about a, I think it was about a year, maybe just about a year later, their manager left. And um, I knew they, they had a vacancy. Reggie got in touch with me. I had a little chat with him. He said, fancy 
taken over as manager. So I, I, I said yes. I thought, yes, I'll do it. But I wasn't ready. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. It was step five. Um, it was just, it was just madness. I just, we had, we had a load of players, but the the players, um, none of the players I bought in. So the the guy that was already there was the was the coach, and pretty much all the players were his players. Yeah. Um, and there was a little, it was just a little bit too clicky for me. Um, I think I was there for about three or four games, and I just couldn't. I just said, no, nah, it's not, it's not really for me. What age was that? Um, what's that? At what age were you when you when you were doing that? Well, I think I must have been about... It was just after I retired, so maybe 27, 28. Wow. That's so, young. Yeah. Yeah, so I, once that stopped, um, I just I, I stopped, pretty much. So I just walked away from the game and and I didn't really miss it, to be honest. I had a young family to start thinking of. Yeah. Um, Why did you retire so young, Bill? Um, one, I was... One, I was um, when I was at Maidenhead, I had two nasty injuries during that season. Um, and I never really recovered from them, to be honest. I never really 100% recovered from them. I put on a bit of weight. Um, I found it really hard to get that weight off because the, um, because of the injuries that I had. I had a nasty break to my, my ankle and I, I ripped my hamstring really bad. <clears throat> um, I also suffer from osteo and, and rheumatoid arthritis. So oh, they, didn't, they didn't all go hand in hand. They didn't all go right, really well. Right, so, yeah, so, and then, and I started my, I started my own business as well, just um, when I was about uh, 27, 26, 27. Mm. And, uh, and that took up a lot of my time. So I, I, I couldn't train every night. I couldn't, I couldn't commit myself. You know, I didn't know that football, the football that I'm in now, I didn't know it existed when I played. I didn't know that there was football where you can just play Saturdays um, <laughs> and, and still be a good standard, you know, still be a decent standard. I didn't know it existed because I'd, I'd always played at a quite a high level. Mm. I didn't know that there was this sort of football around then. So I just thought I just packed it in. If I knew then, if I knew that it was around, I would have I would have gone and played this level 100%. Um, but yeah, I just, that was it really. really I, in 2008, Eaton Manor had a break and then got back into it in 2017. So quite a okay. while later. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, you, Rich, you've got quite a similar uh, sort of life to me in football. I, I stopped at 27. Um, again, injuries. I had three knee ops, all cartilage, um, basically Lenny King of non-league. Uh, yeah. No, not much. Not quite as good though. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I lost all the sort of cartilage in my knees and stuff like that. And the last one did me. I, you know, uh, I was like, I can't have another one. I could damage my legs. They were saying, you know, you can get, you know, you're gonna have really bad knees when you get older and stuff like that. So it's completely yeah. up to you. I still struggle to run, you know, and stuff like that properly. Um, and then I went straight from that because I didn't want to leave the game. So I went straight into sort of reserve management, but as a, an assistant. Um, yeah. And and ever since then, I've just carried on and absolutely loved it. And obviously moved into sort of sort of head management now as well. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, a little bit similar to me. It's the next best thing. It's the next best thing to playing, isn't it? It's, it's, um, I didn't miss the buzz. 
Um, if I didn't miss it. While I was away, I didn't miss it. Mm. When I got back into it, I thought, how the hell have I let this go? How have I not, how have I not been around this? You know, because it just, it just felt, I just felt at home again. Yeah. It's probably feeling like that now with COVID. Like, you know. Yeah, well, you know, well it's, 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 a, it's a weird one, isn't it, at the minute? Yeah. Um, what's going on? What's going to happen with the announcement last night we had? Well, we were going to talk, yeah, we were going to talk to you about this. Obviously, you're continuing, I believe. Yeah. And we're not. And we're the same it's level. Been- yeah, it's mad. It's mad. You just got. It's just making them. I, I personally think it's making a mockery of of our sort of standard, our level. Um, and there's some there's some bloody good players at our level, and they're oh, being mucked around at the minute. Very good. I know there was a bit of um, there was a bit of a bit of banter last night on Twitter about step two, to six players coming to play at step seven. Um. But that's not going to happen. There's not going to be a. There's not going to be a flood of players coming down. There might be one or two here and there, um, but I think most managers are quite happy with the players that they've got, and they're quite loyal to the players that they've got. There's no way that a manager is going to bring in 11, 12 no, you exactly. know what? Someone said it earlier on, on Twitter that it's, it's mainly the the managers. And the people in football that have got no contacts and no one really wants to play for, that are piping up and saying, oh, yeah, it's bad management and this and that, and be loyal to your players. Yeah, you be yeah. loyal to your players, mate, bottom of the league fucking players. You be loyal to them as much as you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, in football, yeah. I'm in football to win. I'm in football to win. I don't listen, I don't owe my players anything. They don't owe me anything. Yeah. It works it works both ways. I want my chairman wants I got a win for my chairman and the club, and and I'll do that whatever way possible, whatever way it takes. Like I said oh, earlier, oh, something direct on Twitter ain't gonna um, influence my my decision. I, I completely agree. And when it's a thirst team, it, that's what it's all all about. You're all about winning and and progressing the club. If it means yeah. you're going to get a little bit of help from here and there, we can call on players. You know, at yeah. our level, you know, we've yeah. got a few step five, step four players that would happily come and have games on a Saturday for us if we were able to yeah. um, you know I've got people already going oh can I have a game can I have a game I said I don't think we're playing so like yeah. you know um, yeah. and, and you know like you say the only time it ever annoyed me in my management career is in a development league which was an under 25 league um, that's the only time it ever annoyed me when you'd get like a shitload of like 30 year olds come in and, and play from for if the first team didn't have a game. That's the only time it, yeah. it bugged me on an occasion. Um, yeah. but but yeah, now I'm in first team manager, it, it it really doesn't bother me that much. And I completely agree with you, which is why I sort of said something earlier about oh, we've got some good content uh <laughs> for tonight's show. Um, but each to their own, each to their own, right? Um, let's talk uh, Enfield Town. Okay. Um, from what we read, you were a bit of a favourite over there. Yeah, it was good over there. It was. Um, I really enjoyed my time there. To be fair. Um, so Bill, we... just before you start, am I right in thinking that you were a right back and turned into a centre forward? Yeah, that was um, that was when I first started my non-league career. So okay. when I first, so I start I started as a centre half. So when I played at youth level, I played as a centre half. I played at centre half for Millwall, played at centre half for Leighton Orient, and but then 
once I sort of turned 16, 17, 18, that's when I started playing up front. So I started playing up front for my school, for my district. Um, and, you know, and I was, I scored loads of goals. <laughs> I scored a lot of goals. And um, then I carried on playing. When I was playing non-league for a team called Leighton, Pen- when I left, when I left Orient, I went to a team called Leighton, which are sort of like the non-league version of them down the road where all the cast-offs used to go. Um, so then they merged with a team called Wolverhampton Pennant and became Leighton Pennant. So now I then went uh, to Leighton Pennant and I spent, I think it was about a season um, in the reserves. as like a centre-half sort of right-back. But again, playing on Sundays, I was playing as a forward because I was, I just loved, I was, I, in my head, I was a forward. But in when I was at, when I was at Leighton Pennant, because of the, club, the stature of the club, I just played wherever the manager told me to play. I was only young. I just, you know, I just come out of um, just come out of school, just come out of late and then straight into non-league football. So I was in the reserves and I just played wherever the manager told me. Mark, it was Martin Busson, um, Mark Menel. We had some unbelievable managers and coaches and players in uh, in that side. So I was just privileged to be around them, and then it, it taught me a lot, you know, being around them players, being around that dressing room, reserve dressing room for. Um, for a season because it wasn't reserve team football back then wasn't like it is now right. so reserve team football like then you was all trying to fight to get into the first team reserve team football now it's like two separate entities in most in most yeah. places they're like two yeah. different clubs which is uh, which is I find strange um, in my day it was like youth level reserves first team if, you, if you're not playing well for the first team you get bombed back to the reserves but now you've got um, they're sort of com- competing against each other, the teams, which mm. is strange. It's a little bit like that when I started. I started about 17 in the first team at Risborough Rangers. Um, and then, you know, obviously I went down to Resi's next season to, to get some experience. And obviously you had the ones that come down and, and bomb down. That was the only time I ever felt it was youth, progression reserves, progression first team. Mm. Um, but like, But as the years have gone on, it has literally started to, like you say, they move away. Managers get different ideas. They're like, "Oh, I'll stop nicking my players and stuff like that." You're leaving me yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of it also comes down to players' attitudes. Like, mm. I think nowadays, if you've got a first team player and, and and they they class themselves as a first team player, they don't want to be seen as dropping down to playing for the reserves or or, or even the development, whatever it's called. And yeah. I think that's a major part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to love. Yeah. I used to, to be fair. Once I'd broken into the first team, I used to love going and play for the Resis because I used to, I used to score like a double hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love it. But, um, what sort of centre forward were you, Bill? More, more like a target man figure. Um, I became more of a target man. I was, I was blessed with quite. I was, I was quite quick, which was deceiving for quite a big person. Um, How tall are you? Six two. Okay. So my managers used to say that by the time the centre half had worked me out, I'd already scored two goals because yeah. I was quick. You know, I was, I was quite tricky. Um, I was quite a good player, to be fair. I'd, I'd sign me actually. <laughs> <laughs> we can do the centre forward build. Fancy coming over? I was just. That was a that was a really good compliment. I had a compliment that was to say that by the by the time centre half had worked me out, I'd already scored two. So yeah, 
you know, I was and Alan and to this and Alan Devonshire. I met um, obviously when I was at Maidenhead. Alan Devonshire was my manager, uh, West Ham legend. I went and saw yeah. him. I went and saw him with um, with, a, with another player, Joseph Fellu, because he was he was signing for Maidenhead, and I've represented Joseph when we went to take him over to Maidenhead. And um, and Dev said then, um, "You're the best centre forward I've ever, I've worked with." Wow. And I'm like. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And, and I was like, mate, can you just say that louder or can you tweet it? <laughs> <laughs> because he has we talking about devs earlier on, weren't we, Jambo? Yeah, he's had, really, had some really good centre forwards play for him. And um, and for him to say that about me to me, um, you know, this oh, gave me goosebumps. That's a hell of a compliment, that. Hell of a yeah. compliment. It gives me goosebumps now. Best centre forward he's worked like he's had in his management career. Still keep in touch with him? No, unfortunately, he's not big up on. He's not big on sort of technology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything really. I don't, he never has been. Um, I, know I know. I know his head coach down there. Um, oh yeah. Uh, he's actually coming on. He's coming on the podcast soon. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, they, yeah, yeah. We were talking about him before we come on, and we were saying. What a legend, you know. Yeah, they've come so far. They've come in leaps and bounds at Maidenhead. Oh, yeah, they're doing really well. Yeah, we actually cool. watched them last season, which is quite an interesting story. So we were going up to Middlesbrough to watch Tottenham, uh, which was like a Sunday lunchtime game. And on the way up, because we fancied a bit of a night out, we thought, uh, should we try and catch a game on the way up? So we ended up going down to Harrogate v Maidenhead, didn't we, Jambo? That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went in the Maidenhead end, obviously. Yeah, which is quite interesting, but... Uh, yeah, We don't live too far from Maidenhead, to be honest, so yeah. Um, no, he hasn't got a bad side down there either. No, yeah, no, that was, a good time, that was a good time as well. Cool, cool. So, um, what other clubs did you did you end up playing for? Um, so, uh, I started at... I started at the beginning, and you can you can tell me yeah, to go shoot. Yeah, go So, obviously, I started at Eaton Manor. Um, yeah. That was a youth team. Then I got spotted from, from by a scout from Millwall. Um, ended up going to, being at Millwall for a few years. Ended up captaining their schoolboys. Um, but the, um, they ended up. We used to train at Southwark Park uh, through the Wadworth Tunnel, and, and I used to live in Islington. So it was quite a while. It, was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a long, very long way away. But the traffic getting there was an absolute stinker. Um, and I, they used to train on like a Wednesday night. And then after about two years, they changed their training night to a Friday night. And my dad had a fruit and veg business. So, yeah. and he obviously take me. So he couldn't take me anymore. He, he said, I just can't get you there. So they offered to, they offered to get me picked up and then dropped off. But he said, well, we've got other offers. We've had an offer from Leighton Orient. Um, so we're going to take him over there. It's a bit more local. We'll take him there. Worst decision of my life, to be fair. But... <laughs> Um, why was that? What's that? Why was that? Why was it the worst decision? Because I was doing really well at Millwall. I was captain. Um, I was on pens. <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it over there. Um, you know, and I was just, I was just starting to establish myself. You know, and it was, I felt, it, and it all just ended. What age uh, was that, Bill? Um, I think that was about fifteen. 14 or 15. Were there any yeah. part of that squad that went on to be, you know, sort of, sort of like big names? 
well, when I when I was in the when I was in the schoolboy side, it's just the Mill side was Teddy Sheringham, Cascarino, Terry Erlock, Jimmy Carr. I thought it might have been about the same time as Teddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so I was um, Darren Purse was was the same age as me, and he, he's oh, gone yeah. on to a career. Um, but yeah, so then I left and went to Mill uh, to Leighton Orient. That was just that didn't work out. I don't really remember a lot of my time over at Leighton Orient. Um, but then I and then I went to Leighton when I was I started at Leighton when I was about I think I went to Leighton and they was in the Istrian League Division One then when I was like 17, 18. And so I was just like a you know a young fucking <laughs> little uh, <laughs> as mustard and I just all of a sudden I was around these like non-league legends like Roy Edwards, Dave Flint, and Phil Lovell and they, and it was like oh this is you know what I mean I want a bit of this mm. and then. Um, so I was just I was just patient and I stayed in the reserves for as long as I needed to. And then they got an injury. The first team got an injury. Mm. And, uh, and it was the centre forward who got injured. So I sort of like said to the first team manager, play me. And he's like, what do you mean play you? I was like, play me up front. I mean, I'll do a job for you. He's like, you're a right back. And I was like, <laughs> I ain't a right back. And I ain't a right back. I'm a centre forward. I went, I'll just play right back because I'll play anywhere. And he was like, all right. He went, all right, I'll give you a go then. He gave me a go for the first team the week later. I scored two. And then I didn't look back. I just carried on scoring, scoring. We ended up playing at Craven Cottage in the final. Um, that oh, the old scored. Craven Cottage as well. Yeah. yeah. The old one with the old... Um, Cracking ground. Stand, yeah, standing behind standing yeah, the goal. Yeah, it, it, it was a really good season. I, I ended up being the second all-time record goal scorer for, for him. So wow. that was just not bad starting as a right back. But then I but then that's when I signed for Maidenhead from that from Leighton. Oh, so right. we played against we played against Maidenhead in the league. We beat them at their place and then we beat them two one at our place. And I scored, I think I scored one and set up one. And then Devonshire came up to me and my dad in the bar after and said, oh, I'd like to um would you ever come over to our place? I'll get sorted now for him if he's tapping me up in the bar. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he said, Would you have come over to Maidenhead? And I was like, and I was still in awe of like him. I was like, Yes, I would. <laughs> well, come over to you, like, yes. <laughs> and um, so I went over to Maidenhead. I signed a, a signed a year's contract with a year's option. It was good money as well. Um, so it was all, it was really highly, it was all in the papers and whatever. All oh, right. And um, our first game, was against Leighton Pennant. So oh, first, yeah. the next season was against Leighton Pennant. You couldn't have scripted it. So all through pre-season, I was scoring goals and I was really, I was, you know, I was, I, I'd, I'd carried on for the, the season before I scored 43. So I, I was, I carried on for, into pre-season. I carried on scoring and, and I was buzzing for that game as well. And um, 10 minutes into the game, I got a kick off the ball by one of their players, kicked me off, just kicked me off the ball. Like, it, that went on back then, you know. I used to have sent. I used to have mate. I used to play against friends, and one time this geezer, I can name him, Stevie Perkins, played against him. That was against Leighton Pennant in the home game. He was just punching me in the face. And when the ref weren't looking, he just chipped me like that. Bang! I'm like, fucking hell! What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I, so we just carried on. Like, he just look at me and just like what? And we're like, what? I didn't do anything. And then he just walked away. The ref turned his, ref turned his back again and going, bang, and he chimmed me again. I'm like, what is that, mate? 
I see the first game, Skeezer kicked me off the ball, killing me. It was carried on playing, got to half time. I just said it out the physio article, it was a while. I said, Yeah, it's hurting me, but I'll carry on. But after about 70, 65, 70 minutes, I just said, I can't, I can't carry on. So I went off in that game to the hospital and I broke it. So oh, I playing. carried on playing for an hour with a broken leg, which didn't do me any favours at all. Um, so that that kept me out for about eight or nine weeks, I think. Um, so then I was just total. So the first sort of three months at Maidenhead was in rehabilitation and uh, just watching the team. You know, we still luckily was winning. We had a great squad. Um, we had some fantastic players at Maidenhead that year. And the togetherness of the, the togetherness was unreal, you know. And I think that's very, that's, that's key in football. Yeah. Uh, and we had that in abundance. We had team spirit in abundance. Um, and they sort of carried me through, you know. And then I got I got back into it. Um, got back into scoring again. We was up. We was at the top of the table. I was doing well in the cups. And then we drew against Billericay away in the semi final of the cup. Um, first half. I scored from the halfway line, put us one up, chip the keeper. <laughs> so the second half, I was put through one on one with the keeper, but as I sprinted through my hamstring, I just felt it just go bang. And it felt like I'd been shot. And I just I went down and I'd never felt pain like it in my life. Even when I broke my leg, the pain was was tenfold of my leg break. Oh, um, when someone's ran I've heard someone when they run past me and do that, and you can actually hear it. It it yeah. like Sometimes you can actually hear it and it you can yeah, just it was terrible. It was terrible. Uh, my leg was black for ages. Ah. Um so I had to have ultrasound on it every week and trying to break down all the scar tissue. It was just a rend- it was just an horrendous injury. And I never really got back from yeah. I never really recovered from that. I did recover and I got back into the side and I and obviously I started scoring goals again and scored some important goals at the end of the se- near the end of the season that Enable us to. We've, we actually went up. We got promoted, um, which was the main objective that season, and was one of the main objectives of why Radero signed me. Um, so yeah, we enjoyed that. We had a good old knees up at the end of the season, and then we started life in the in the in the league above. After about four or five weeks, uh, they had an offer coming for me from Forge United, and it was a it was a cash offer. Um, because I was on a contract, uh, I think it was like I said it before. I think it was like fifteen grand in a multi pack of Mars bars, <laughs> <laughs> and it was the multi, it was the Mars bars that swayed it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so, so I left. I ended up leaving Maidenhead. I was gutted, really. It was a long way to go every week. To be fair, and yeah, it was starting to take its toll on me a little bit. Isn't into Maidenhead three times a week in that traffic okay. after mm. going to work, you know, and. Um, so it was, it was, I was, I moved back to Ford United. We were a little bit closer. They was Dagenham and I was, I was living in Lisington. It was, they was in, those days in, based in Dagenham. So it's like from an hour and a half traveling to like half hour. Yeah. It made a yeah. lot of difference. And we had a really, a really good side at Ford United as well. Um, they, the season before they got to the first round of the FA Cup, uh, there was all over Sky Sports and all that. So the place was buzzing. It was a good time to join them. But, the social element of there, I became too involved in it. Whereas at Maidenhead, I wasn't involved in any of it because I lived too far away. So I, I, after the game had finished, I'd be going home. So yeah. I just, so that's probably kept me 
quite fit that season. Um, but at Ford, it was like win, lose or draw. <laughs> We're getting on it. <laughs> We're out. And, uh, and we had a quite a good, successful season. So we was out more than we was in. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, so that was just that was just an amazing season. Then I left there and I went to, um, I think I left there and I went back to Leighton Pennant for a bit because my mates, a geezer called Colin Richards took over and Gary Brooker and Mark Menel, they, they went there as a management team. And I loved them people and I loved that club. So I went back there for a little while. And and that was a fantastic time in my career because I would I'd I'd become more of a more of a player. Yeah. So although I although I scored a lot more goals in my first stint there, I felt like I'd come back a better player. Um because I, kn- I knew how to bring others into the game and I knew how to lift us if we was losing and um so I really enjoyed that, and I, it was very successful, and I made a lot of friends. I suppose you um, went back as one of the big, big players there. I suppose so, you went back. I suppose you went back as one of the big, big players there. Yeah, 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 yeah. The manager, I, you know, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna worry about me telling it. He, he loved me, to be fair, Colin Richards, and he had his son on our podcast every week, Jamie. And Jamie was, yeah. So he was me and Jamie up front, and Colin. I love it. He was, he was fantastic. Fantastic manager. He's probably, I think, his most successful manager. His win ratio is the best at the whole club. But sort of halfway, I don't know if it was halfway through the season or to three quarters before the end of the season. Another club coming for me from the league above, East Farrock. Um, so I knew a few of the players there, and I knew that it was, a, it was you know, it was a lovely grand, and the manager was good, yeah. and um, so I ended up going there. And then from there, I went to that's when I went from there to Enfield Town. Enfield Town was fantastic. And it was it was amazing. It was the closest, probably the closest thing to Maidenhead because of the fans. Um, the fans, oh mate, it was unbelievable. Playing in front of them was because yeah. they loved that club. Um, and if you if you showed them that you cared about that club as much as they do, they loved you as well. You know, and you and, we done well for that club, and I, I think I ended up top goal. I, I, I top goal score at every club, at every club I went, um, which is which is quite makes me quite proud. So this uh, might be a bit. This might be like a bit of a tough question for you. Where were you happiest? Um, I, uh, I think. I think M- oh, I think Enfield Town. <laughs> okay. Enfield Town. I was I think I was complete at Enfield Town. I felt complete. Um I was enjoying my football. I was playing well. I had a, we had a good management team. We had a really good squad of players. Mm. We had fantastic backing from the fans and the supporters. The only thing we had a terrible pitch. Um it was it was dust so dusty, it was unbelievable that pitch. Um, but it was it's very close. I think my second stint at Leighton Pennant, I really enjoyed that. The, the, it was it was the team spirit and camaraderie again there was was unbelievable, and I'm still in touch with pretty much the entire squad uh, that we had there. I think that's how you can tell if you with how many players you're still in touch with. You no, know, so Maiden Ed, I'm still in touch with a few of them. The first I'm still I'm still in touch with a lot of players, but I played with, but. 
I think that second stint at Leighton Pennant was an unreal. It was unreal. We had some really good players, and it was a privilege to play with them. Good stuff. Let's move to 2017. Back in management. Uh, yeah, so 2017 was, was when um, when my mate Alan Fenn, he was a manager of Ilford. Just, I think he'd, he'd won a lot with them previously, but he was in trouble of going out of business. Um, the FA was threatening to chuck him out of the league, and he pretty much single-handedly saved them. Um, he he went to the FA, he went to Wembley, um, and he fought to save that club, and he he did really. They they gave him a reprieve and said that they can carry on. And then he just he asked me if I wanted to be his assistant at Ilford. So again. I didn't think I well, you know, I, it was saying I wasn't even interested in. I, I, mean, yeah. I didn't even thought about it because I've been out of the game for so long. Um, but then when I went in there, when I went and met all the players and you know and got back involved, it was just it was amazing and and um, I've loved it ever since. It was a good, it was a, it was an all right season. I think um, I think it was a better season off the pitch because I made a lot of um, a lot of contacts and a lot of friends. Just by being at that club, we wasn't very successful. We had we started off, we didn't have any had any players at the start, so we had to grow we had to grow a squad, build a squad. Um, and then, when, as we was preparing for the second season, the chairman sent an email to, um, to Alan and the rest of the board saying that he was gonna. The chairman was thinking of bringing in a new management team. So I've sort of replied, hold on a minute, have you sent that? You've sent that to us, mate. You've sent that to us. Like, wow. <laughs> you, you are, you're telling us you're thinking of sending, bringing in a man. I said, all right, well, that's me. I'm done. See you later. So then he's, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. He's like, what do you mean you didn't mean it like that? You, that's, you obviously meant it like that. You've just told mm. us you're thinking of bringing a new management team into the club. What do you want us to do? Do you want us to say, yeah, that's a good idea, to be honest? Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, well, I went, sorry, I went, I'm, I'm done, mate. Um, and obviously Alan then said he's done as well. So we, we left. There's some strange things in non-league sometimes. It's yeah. Read yeah. about it, don't you? Some stuff. Because we'd, we'd, we'd been in discussions with some really good players as well. We was going to have, we'd have, we'd have had a really good squad that year as well. So it was, it was just weird. So then I just, I thought, right, well, that's it. I won't be, I won't, I don't think I'll be back. I was at work one day and then another old mate of mine rung me up and asked me if I'd be interested in taking over Epping. Um, so I'd never, no disrespect to the club, but I'd never even heard, I didn't even know they had a team. <laughs> um, again, they were at our level, but they was like, they was not much, they was step seven, but division four. So there was division four of the Olympian. We were in the Premier yeah. at the minute, they was in division four. So I said, All right, well, I'll come over and have a chat. So I went and had a chat with Acer and um, the chairman, Chris Ottaway. And I, I liked it, you know, I liked what I had to say. It was, it, it, and I sort of said to him, right at the end of the meeting, I was like, right, what's, what's, what's the squad looking like? How many players we've got? So Acer then said, one. <laughs> oh, that's a start. <laughs> but then I got in touch with the players, some of the players who, who was um, with us at Ilford, uh, see, what they, see what they were doing. So a few of them came over. Then I held some trials, um, and we built a squad. You know, we built a, we built an amazing squad. The the people that was there it was me, 
at the start of it, it was me, Terry Harrison, um, Sarah, uh, God, forgive me, Ross Bishop and Asa. So we was like the management team. And then we pulled in some fantastic players. So some of the players that we pulled in was like five players just because they wanted to feel loved. Yeah. You know, and they believed in the journey that we was about to go on. And um, some people even thought that we must have been paying them because of the because of the calibre of players that we had playing at that level. They just thought we were paying them. But they were just playing because the, because we loved them and we told them that we loved them. You know, we went to the pub after and we all had a beer together and, we, you know, we smashed, we we done really well. We, we we didn't win the league because we was deducted three points during the season. We lost the league by two points. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so we, st- we come second. Um, we would have won it if we didn't have them points deducted. Uh, but it was, it was our own fault anyway. And then they promoted us. They double promoted us uh, to Division 2, along with a, another really good side called Corinthians. And uh, and then we started off really well. So I, 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 we went from Division 4 to Division 2. And as a manager, I felt like I had to uh, make some changes to the squad because obviously we were playing in Division 4. Now we've gone up two divisions. I felt like I had to strengthen the squad and have players that could play at Division 2. In hindsight, I think the squad at Division 4 could have played in Division 2 and done well. Mm. So I should have probably left it alone. Um, I, I, bought in some friends, I bought in some really, really good extra, extra, extra good players. And uh, we was like the Galacticos. But that only lasted eight games because that's when the commitment issues start and you know, oh. they lose a little bit of interest and... So we've played eight, we've, our first eight games played 8-1-8. Eight, eight. I think we've won 11-2, 19-0. And it was like we were just blowing teams away. Um, we beat the league leaders 2-1. Um, uh, the, the team that came up with us, we beat them 2-1. Um, and we were just blowing teams away. But then all of a sudden, we lost a couple of the players, just lost interest. Um, and a few of others, a few of others uh, we let go during the season. And it just, you know, it got a bit, we was, sorry, I didn't mention, but we was always fighting against the council. So from the moment I took over, me and the chairman and the rest of the board was always we're fighting against the, the council for improvements to the ground, like floodlights, a stand, um, because we had a little stand. Epping's, Epping's ground used to hold a lot of people. We used to have a stand there, used to have floodlights, used to be you know, popular on the ground. Now it's just a little pit in the park. Ah, that was pretty good for step seven. Yeah, I, well, they weren't step seven at that when they was back then. They was playing the likes of Spurs and play, play teams like that. And oh, was, well, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. They was, I'm talking about years and years ago. Oh, right, they, were yeah, yeah. they were really good sides. But when I took over, we had like a rickety little corrugated iron scaffolding stand, and we was like, you know what, it's shit, but it's it's a stand. You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make full use of that. There's gonna be a few people coming in there banging the drum and that. And we, about two weeks later, the council took it down and they said, oh yeah, we're going to replace it with a better one. And they never, ever did. But they never, ever did. You know, they just wanted to get rid of it. So we marketed that club like no one's marketed it ever before. And we were sometimes getting crowds of like 80, 90, 100 to a step seven, three or four games, you know. Um, And that's carried on now. They're still going to watch that club now. Um, now even I've left, they're all they're still going and they're still on the they're on the wires. They're doing all right. 
but we was always fighting against the council. And I think the chairman um, had, had sort of like thought, you know what, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. I'm putting all my money into this club, not getting any return, getting no help from the council, getting no support from anyone. Um, and, and, and we just had a, we had a conversation via text message that should have happened on the phone or in person because messages can be read, you know. Yeah. So I took his the wrong way. He took mine the wrong way. He thought I wanted to leave. I thought he wanted to leave. And then we ended up both leaving. <laughs> and then the next day, all the players left as well. Well, okay. So um, that was a bit of a horrible situation. And it was a horrible couple of weeks, to be fair, after when that happened. Um, but then I got a phone call from someone at Swifts uh, who was at the bottom. They was at the bottom of the league. They had won for 13 games. Um, so someone phoned me up and said, "Would you be interested in this job if it came available?" So I'd never been there. I'd never been to, to Swifts, but um, I had a little drive over there to sort of look, suss it out. And it's amazing. The facilities are great. Got their own bar. They got everything. They got everything that we wanted at Epping. So I thought, well, yeah, it's a, it's a great foundations here. I, I think I could build something here. So yeah, if the if the job did come available, I'd I'd really be interested. Um, about I think it was a week, ten days later, the job did become available. So I went and saw the chairman and the secretary, and they offered me the job, and I took over those bottom of the league. So I took over the first three games. <clears throat> it was against first, second, and fourth in the league. So we hadn't won for 13 games, rock bottom of the league. I said, cheers. Um, so I bought, so I, I, we had our first training session, we had about 40 players there. So I'd, I'd attracted a few other players from Epping and, and, and some other players that um, obviously wanted to come and join Swifts. And we, you know, we just lifted morale a little bit, you know, because they were good players. They just weren't, they were just going through a really, really bad patch. Look at Liverpool. Look at team like that. You know, everyone yeah. goes through. They just needed a. They maybe they just needed a different voice, you know, in a change room, which is which happens a lot, you know. So we might we done that. We lifted them up. So the first game was against the team that was in fourth. We ended up smashing them four two, but really bat. We battered them. To be fair, we battered them, and um, you know the, the place all of a sudden the place just lifted. You know, the chairman was smiling yeah. again. Chairman's wife was coming back over to the club again and his daughter was there and you know and everyone was start sort of happy and smiling again. The bar was buzzing. Um so it's amazing what a little like what a win can do. And yeah. uh the week later he was playing against the team that were top. So he's like, all right, well this is <laughs> you know, let's get ready for the fall now. <laughs> but then we ended up beating them three one. Wow. And then the place was buzzing again. It was like, oh my god, like this is mental. Chairman's running on the pitch, hugging me and all that, and I'm like, <laughs> crazy. My, my and chairman hasn't done that yet. <laughs> and then, the, like the third, I think the third game was meant to be against Hutton, that was called off. And then the the, the next game was against Catholic, really good side, really really good side. They grand shared with Bowers so on the four G. So we went there and we ended up drawing two two. We could have beaten. We should have probably beaten. Um, we our centre half got come off with a really bad injury. Um, I think if he'd have stayed on the pitch and we'd have been able to keep the, the same eleven that started the game, we, we probably would have nicked to win, and that would have been three out of three. But um, sadly, that, that that season was cut short. We ended up being we went from bottom to ninth 
So then three games took us up to ninth. Mm-hmm. And then COVID struck. And, uh, but it worked oh, out. Oh, okay. Then, so that was the start of this season, effectively. Yeah, well, start um, of last yeah. 2020. The last season, so, yeah. Sorry. So we... Um, yeah, so we worked out if it, if they would have gone. So there was discussions around no and void points per game, um, and we would have been safe on points per game as well. So we'd effectively gone in and, and saved them from relegation, which is what we was asked to do. Yeah. Um, so it was successful. We took it as a successful season, even though it was cut short. Um, and then we started again. Uh, we started again. We had, we had changed around the management team, sort of. When we sorry, when I went to Swiss, I don't want to leave anyone out here because last time I spoke on a on a podcast, I left a few people out. They got the angle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at Swifts, we had uh, Liam Clifton, Trevor Grace, uh, Emma Stone, Dean Perrett. So that was my management team. Um, and then the second season, Liam Clifton left. He went to St Margaret's Bury. Dean oh, Perrett, yeah. yeah, Dean Perrett, sort of. He stayed, but then he left a little while into the season because he he's a manager of Harlow Ladies, um, and they were doing really they were doing really well at the time. But he wanted to just concentrate on them. Uh, so then I brought in Alan Fenn from Ilford. I brought him in, which was which was great. Brought in George Young, who is a fantastic coach. He's coached at Southend United, uh, Averley, Tilbury. He's an amazing person. I learn from him every time. Every time I talk to the guy, I learn something. And that's what you want, you know. So, yeah. so it, it, it's a it's a huge benefit for the players, which is obviously what we're all in it for. And then I bought in um, a guy called Sahim. So he was one of my players that when I first went to Epping, he was one of my first ever players to sign for us. Um, and then he and he, he started off his coaching journey. So I offered him the chance to come over to Swifts and start his coaching journey there with us. So that was so that was that. So then this season we've we we started off pretty. We started off okay, then we went through a really bad period of we lost five, I think, on the spin. Mm. Um, so we was we was in trouble a little bit, but then we ended up the last game we won. I think we ended up before COVID hit, we was eighth. I think so. We we're eighth at the minute, and if it starts again, we're going to be eighth. Mm. Um, so we just go from there. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? A question on that: Do you think it should start? No. No, I think it should have. I think they should have um, just no avoided it again. And that's it's, it's really horrible for team for teams that are doing really well, and the teams that have put in all the work and blah blah to get to where they are. It's it's horrible. But we've all put in that work. We've yeah. all put in the work. Although we might not be at the top of the league, it's not to say that we haven't worked our nuts off to, every week. Um, so it's not to say that you deserve it because you've worked harder than us because you're top of me mid table. That's 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 false. Because we've worked just as hard as anyone. Um, however, I don't. I think uh, it's really harsh on the teams. And if there is a way of saying that you know apply for promotion, which I know a couple of them have done in our league, they've applied. Two of them yeah. have applied for promotion, and the two that have applied. Ironically, they're the teams that are in first and second. So you know what? The ideal situation would have been promote them, no one void the season, but promote them because they've they've applied to be promoted. Um, and then just and then go from and just make a decision on that. Um so just cancel it all. They could have just said, right, the season's gonna start again on July twentieth, wouldn't it, or whatever. Prepare for that. 
So we could have all prepared, we could have all just relaxed, we know when the date was coming and, and go from there. Because I can't see how we've we've all been in this mad lockdown forever long. And all of a sudden we're allowed to go back again in four weeks' time. Yeah, it's all great now. Don't worry. Yeah, what? So they haven't even told us if we can use changing rooms. They haven't even told us if we can use the showers. Can we use the bar? You know, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back no. to playing in the in the mud and you've got to tell players, oh no, you can't get changed here, mate. You've got to get changed in the car park. Yeah. What I believe, I don't, I don't think you can use, we definitely can't use the bar. That, right. you know, indoor hospitality is not going to be available until what, May? Rick? Yeah. 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 So I just no, think it's ridiculous. No um, you know, we got by with it. You know, we had quite a few strict rules. Um, I won't mention one club that was ridiculous. Uh, no, that was uh, that was interesting when all of their team went into their dressing room and then they tried to tell us it was only six at a time when it was hammering down, hammering down. And you're asking me to tell adults, no, hang on, you've got to wait outside. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. Not, that's, that's not when your team's all just gone in. I spoke to someone the other day, um, I was on another podcast and I said, you know, we, there's talk now about players from step two down to six coming down to step seven, right? So you're going to tell me a guy who's been playing for Maidstone, someone, for instance, is going to come down and play and get changed in the car park <laughs> when it's pissing down with rain <laughs> and then he's going to play on a pitch covered in dog shit <laughs> and then he had to go and have a wash after. <laughs> yeah, that right. makes sense. Let's just do that. Yeah, let's go back to that. I, I I was really surprised when I saw your league's announcement yesterday. I, yeah. I really was. I was. I was like, that's. I mean, you can't even you can't even you can't even ask a question to our to our league because right. yeah, I I I, can't, I think it was the start of the first lockdown. They tweeted something out. And they tweet something out. When you if you put something out on Twitter, you expect a response. But so like I replied so I replied to it and like they we got a we got a, an email to our club secretary saying tell your manager not to not to ask stupid questions yeah. uh trying to create a circus on a social media circus where it's like fucking God, shut up mate we are yeah so we start we just want to know you can't just put out to oh yeah uh due to as the announce, as we was announced uh, on Monday, we can go back to football now. So we're all going to kick off on April the third. Cheers. See you then. Bye. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Just because people are running and five Ks and posting them on Twitter doesn't mean that they can just walk straight back into a game of football. Yeah, exactly. It's not possible. You know, these are fit lads. As you know, they're fit lads and they've got jobs. You know, yeah. any injuries could. You know, oh. yeah, you'll see more injuries than that between this between the April the third and the end of the season. That's Saturdays, that's step seven below and Sundays. You're going to see more injuries now than you have ever seen in your life. I'm mm. telling you, because people are going to be so they might be fit that they can do a 10k one, yeah. but 10k one is not match fit. Yeah. You're not you're not doing your little short sharp stuff, and you, no. you're not you're not. Um, you know, also there's a ball going over your head. You've got to turn and you've got to sprint. There, good night, hamstring. Yeah, your groin's going to go. It's going to be, it's going to be outrageous. So I think it's a terrible decision to go back. 
it's and I know people love football so much and I love it so much but my health my family's health is much more important than football and the players health yeah you can't you can't be selfish you can't just be want to go back because you're top of the league and you're gonna you're gonna add that to your CV no not yeah. for me yeah, I mean, the one thing that I saw, and I don't know whether the Spartan are going to do it, but the one thing was it would be null and void. And from end of March into April, obviously you can train again. Whether we know whether we can train as a full group, we don't know yet. Uh, it might be back to only six players per group, you know. Um, and then you can go, then the understanding was they're going to do like mini leagues. So like, so it wasn't far to travel and you could do like a little, like a 14 yeah. competition, you'll play each other and, you know, which, you know, if lads want to get back playing football, I think they'd rather do that as it, you know, not competitive, yeah. not not as competitive as a league. Um, yeah. And then you roll straight into pre-season and we go again next year because hopefully next year we can have a full season. We start yeah. from fresh. It's been unlucky. We've only played, what, seven games, Rich? Yeah. So null and void is, is you know, it's seven games. There's, an, there's what I believe 80% of the season still to be played. Yeah. You know, so. I think we've played nine, and I think we've played a few more than quite a, uh, some other clubs in there. I think it's up some other teams in our league that played like five. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that, um, I'm hearing rumours that our league are going to, we're going to go back, and all we're going to, all they're going to get to is 50%. So once the clubs have reached 50%, they're going to stop the season again and do points per game. Jeez. If they do that, if they do that, it is an absolute embarrassment if they mm. do that. And I just think, I you agree. know what, you know, wash your hands with it. Because if that's something that they're gonna, if that's something they're thinking about, and they must be thinking, the rumours ain't, the rumours must have come from somewhere. You know what I mean? They ain't just, um, point so they're saying, that, they're saying that the league that I'm in, the Prem, are going to go to 50%. and the, But then the leagues below, can go to, can finish because they can extend their season till, till June. Jesus. Uh, you often wonder who, who's in charge of these, don't you? Yeah. Well, sort of people. Yeah. Um, this is probably a good question to ask now, Bill, in terms of um, where do you see your managerial career going? Do you want to go back to where you played, you know, sort of step three level? Or are, 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 are you happy to do what you're doing? I'll tell you what, I'd love to. I, I'll, I'll just go, I'll go with it. I'm happy to go with the flow. Um, I've got, you know, I've got quite a relaxed home life. I don't, I've got, um, my job, I got made redundant in October. So at the minute I'm, I'm, I'm applying for other jobs. So my next job could dictate what I do with my football. Um, I might not be able to stay in football, you know. If, if the yeah. if the job says, "Oh no, you got to work Saturdays," then sorry, but I've got to work Saturdays. So yeah, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But if it take, I'll go as far as it takes me. To be fair, I'd, I'd just you know, I love it. And if um, I do want to, we're three years in. No, what are we something? Yeah, we well, we're nearly four years in. We started a project at Epping. When we were when I was Epping at 2017, no, 2018. So it was a 2018-19 season, I believe, when I first took over Epping. Well, it might have been the 17-18, wherever it was, four, three or four years ago. We started, we said we we're going to do a five-year plan. 
to get to the Essex Senior League. So even though I'm not at Epping, I'm still within that limit still. You know, and I'm two leagues, I'm two leagues off of it. So I'm still on track to get there. So if I can get to Essex Senior level um, within the next year or two, then great. If I can get above that, if I'm, I, I, I've got, you know, I've seen, I've seen some managers, um, three or four, five, three or four steps above where we are now, and I think that I could, I think that I could manage at that level. If you've got the right people around you, um, then I think you, could, I, I just, I think I could cope at that level because I feel like I'm a good man manager, and people trust me. My players trust me when they play for me. Um, I've played for some unbelievable managers and coaches, so I'll part, my my ethos is to pass that knowledge down. I like to. I've never once said I'm the greatest coach in the world, and um, I haven't got UEFA B licenses and UEFA A's and things like that. But the people around me are good coaches, and I've got a good idea of what I'm talking about because I've played for some fantastic people, and I know how the, I know how the game should be played. So. I've got no doubt that I could do a job at that, at that sort of level. Yeah, I agree. And and what I've what I've probably taken most from this from you personally is you actually come across as a winner, and that's what I've noticed. So, yeah, no, I appreciate. I that. think you'll go higher. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You've got the contacts as well, Bill, and that helps so much. It's not. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's not what you know; it's who you know in this yeah, in your league. Yeah, definitely. Um, I said. I've said it many times. It's not what you know, so you know because I've, I've never, I've not applied for any of my managerial roles. They've all been people yeah. that have approached me. So it's not what you know, so you know, and and um, and that's what I use Twitter for as well for networking. I wouldn't know after people if it wasn't for Twitter. And that it's amazing yeah. tool for, for for networking yeah. with footballers and and clubs and and you know I'm I'm friends with um, well I say friends I follow. And they follow me on there. Some chairmen of chairman of some great clubs, and uh, so you know, so they're seeing what I do. So they, they, you know, who's to say that they're not keeping an eye on me? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that be. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I, I feel like I'm ready now, but I'm at Bishop Stalford Swifts. So, you know, I've got a job to do here first. Yeah. Finally, what sort of manager Bill. are you, Bill? Sorry, Jam. Are no, you, uh, um, are you a sort of tracksuit guy? Are you? Uh... Do you yeah. want to wear the flat cap or? It definitely uh, is. When my hair's when my hair's how it is now, it's flat cap. Uh, <laughs> I get the if if I can get Pro Direct to do me a, to make me a tracksuit big enough, I wear a tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's only Macron that go up to my size, so as a result, we've got Macron up here. Um, I might have got issue, Bill, but I use Adidas, mate. Adidas are decent. Yeah. Yeah. Jomer, 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 you get Joma 5XL, it's like a flipping medium. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, so I'm just a, I, I'm not a, I'm not a screamer or a shouter. Um, I like to tell, I like to make people, players believe in their ability. Um, I like my players to go out and express themselves and enjoy their football. Um, you know, I like them to listen. So I, I'm, if I'm talking, I want them. I want them in the room. I want them listening to me. You know, I want them. I don't want them playing with their socks and tying up their boots. There's got to be yeah. some sort. Of, there's got to be some sort of um, discipline in the changing room. Um, 
and that's it. I'm not really a big I'm not really a big screamer on the side either. I'm not a scream and shout like um, I don't like that. I, I don't say I'm not. I'm not gonna say I don't like it, but I, I'm not one of them managers who who's constantly going telling his players what to do throughout the game. And it, it, you know, there's, I know there's players, there's coaches like that who sort of manage for the whole ninety minutes on the side. I'm more of a I'm more of a right. I've told you what to do before the game. You should know what you're doing. Um, and I'm going to speak to you again at half time. If you're not doing what I want you to do before the game, I'll speak to you again at half time. And you should, you're old enough now, you should be more than capable of carrying out the instructions uh, for 45 minutes without me on the side, without me being on the sideline, screaming and shouting and instructing me and telling me what to do. Um, if something's going wrong, <clears throat> obviously, yeah, I'll step in and I'll, um, I'll change things around. But, but yeah, I'm not a big screaming and shout. I just like, I trust the players to do what we ask. And that's it. That's my sort of style. Um, training, Bill. Do you do you take training or do you leave it to your coaches? I leave it to the coaches. I leave it to the coaches. So we discuss what we're going to work on. Um, so we've only our training facility. We've only got a quarter of a pitch, which is not where we Yeah, it's not great. You can't work on a lot. Um, ideally, we'd have a minimum of half a pitch in an ideal world. Um, so that's something that we need to look at. But so yeah, so the, the the coach we've got Sahim and we've got George, they'll do that. that Sahim will do the warm up, and he'll, he might do a couple of the drills on his own, and then George will then take out take over the main session, work on tactics and patterns of play and um, etc. And I'll just be overlooking and stepping in and uh, and commenting where as and when I need to. Yeah. But we all have an influence. We all have an influence on on the training. Yeah. Like, to be honest, I think that's how it should be done. I, I've always, I've always liked the idea of a manager just watching over, um, yeah. allowing and trusting their coaches. Yeah, you know, because if you're, I always felt like if you're managing and doing the training, you're not seeing everything because you're concentrating on one single thing, and you're not, you can't see everything. So, I've always felt like coaches should do the training and stuff like that, and the managers should be overlooking it personally. Yeah. That's how it works. How it works in the that's how it works in the you know the leads that's how yeah. it works very yeah. you, right, you get the odd time when you've got like people like maybe eddie, eddie howe will take a session and and stuff like that but most of the time they'll just leave the coaches to do it so they can overwatch everything yeah i've been i've been um my take on it now is when you're building a management team is i like to build a management team that's going to be okay if you're not there mm. so i was I, I went through a bit of a the situation last year where my doctors thought I had cancer so I was away from I was I was I wasn't away from I wasn't away from um, actually being there as, as a physical presence but I was away from there in a mental yeah. mentally you know I was actually I was there but I wasn't there I was a I was a real pain in the ass for that little while and some of the sessions I just said you know what I shouldn't be here I, I don't want to be here. so Fenny and George and that Dean just can you take the session and, you know, and it just, it was the transition, it was fluid, you know, it was just they, the players probably didn't even notice I wasn't there for, for a little yeah. while. Um, but what they did notice is when I was there, because I was such a, I was in such a foul mood. Um, and I thought, and we try and tell our players not to bring their problems with with them to football. Um, but I did bring mine to football and I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a, um, uh, what's the word? I think we all have a bit of that and 
especially last year, it was tough, you know, with the start yeah. stop and lockdown. Yeah. I've worked from home since March. Um, yeah. and, and I'll probably agree. And Rich will probably back me up on this. Uh, at times, I was an arsehole uh, at training and, and, um, yeah, and, and stuff like that. And, and, and yeah, cheers, Rich. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and sometimes, you know, we are only non league managers, coaches, and stuff like that. We do have a life outside of it. And sometimes yeah. we do bring it in, and that's about learning. And, and but at the end of the day, we're only human. And um, I learned from it. I know I was an arsehole for a certain, certain amount of. I don't know, weeks or month. Um, yeah. and, and to be honest, now, ever since, you know, we started doing the podcast and, and, and you know, and, and, and back talking and talking to the team and stuff, absolutely loved it. Different view on it, different take. Hopefully, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for us in a couple of months' time. We can all be back together playing football. Um, but what I want to move on to, Bill, I just yeah. want to move on to the Roots TV, Grassroots TV. Yeah, how it all came about, and um, obviously the success of it, and it um, much, yeah, it, it pretty much started out like this. To be fair, um, Clinton obviously he runs Roots TV, does an amazing job. He works his socks off for that channel. Um, he's he's won he's won many awards. He's worked at Talksport, BBC. You know, he's yeah. been he knows his stuff. He's a very highly regarded man. Um. So he does his he does his grassroots show and he'd go and touch me, asking me if I'd come on his podcast. Pretty much just like you did. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'd love to. I'd be honored to come on. It's not something I'd ever done before. Um, so I was um, I was in my car in KFC <laughs> drive through. <laughs> I remember so then, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we just we just chatted away and and you know I was. It was just, it just felt, it was, it was like I'd known the guy for years, you know, we just had this instant chemistry yeah. and uh, we was laughing and, and he was, he was, he was poking me for little, little things and memories and I was flooding back and it was all coming out and it was like, it was the most natural chat I'd had about my, about me, probably with anyone in my life. Makes you, you feel know? so good. I, yeah. It just, it was just amazing talking about some of the stuff and I was buzzing from it for, for days after, and and um, and he got in touch with me again a week later. Said, "Look, this has been such a success. Like the the, the social media part has gone mental. Like everyone's watching it, and the views are. Um, there's been a load of views on on Twitter. Um, I think you should have your own. We should do your own show. So I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> so then I was like, yes, we put um. We put it out to people and that what do you think and, and everyone sort of bought into it and and at first it was gonna be like the season was, was going then. The season was yeah. I think the season was just about going back to normal again. And what it was gonna be, it was gonna be like a um so with this Saturday night Twitter, it was gonna be like Saturday night Twitter because that's buzzing. Saturday night after mm. football, everyone's talking about the refs yeah. and talking about the dirty tackle and the, what a goal and the hat trick here and the save there. So it was all gonna be like right, take that off of Twitter. And bring it to us, and let's talk about it, and let's discuss it, and come on the show, and all. And then it just ended, and it was like, so we. I think we done one or two shows where we was talking after actual games. Yeah. So it was like um, the dual signings when I made some dual signings, and everyone was against it, but we ended up like smashing some team three 0 and then the manager <laughs> that was against it ended up getting beat like eight one or six 0 or something stupid. 
And it was funny because then that manager came on the show that night. Oh, and, it, and, I, it was, it was, and it was just good. It was just, it was exactly what we wanted it to be. But then obviously then the season finished. Um, and we just, you know, me and Clint was like, what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to keep people? Because we want to carry it on. So what we're going to do is keep people interested. So now I was like, I've, I know people in the game like you said, like you do, and um, Clinton knows a lot of people. So we put our sort of black books together, and you know we got in, started getting in touch with people. So we've had like the Darren Purse, that was a big one, and Jilly Flatty come on, and obviously Chloe Kelly the other day, Emil Heskey, you know Michael Johnson. We've had it's Trevor Sinclair, Sergio. Tor- We've had some unbelievable people on there that I never thought I would even dream of talking to on a mm. on a podcast. Yeah, the Leroy Elite one with Apple. So Apple's part of Roots, Roots TV as well. He's a fantastic coach as well, MK Duns. Um, I've got an interesting just... story about Leroy Lita. Just quickly, my mate Scott Davis uh, used to play for Reading. When we was at school, when he was eighteen, he used to bring, he used to nick Leroy Lita's training gear, and he used to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he's a, he was a good player. Anyway, we've, we've yeah. got some, we've got some others, we've got some people lined up. You know, we've got um, in the pipeline, we've got uh, Matt Latissier. Oh wow! Um, Legend, uh, Matt Latissier, Les Ferdinand, Leon Knight. Oh. Well, Leon Knight will be interesting because he's a bit of a character, isn't he, Leon Knight? Yeah, exactly. We've got, like, even on Saturday night, we've got the hashtag management team coming on. All right, yeah. Looking forward to that. So we've got Devs and and Joe Keith. So it's it's going really well. And you know what? If I've said it to um, said to people, if if that takes off, and I and and I have to walk away from management, I'll happily do it. Mm. No, because I love. Yeah. Uh, I was just I saying, do you love it? Yeah, I love it. I, I just love it. You know, but leading up to it, I'm like, I really, like, you, you obviously know yourself now with this. It's hard work. Yeah, cool. you've got to put in the hours. You've got to get in touch with people and you've got to accept some people are going to say no. And and you can't take that to heart. You can't let that um, set you back because obviously people are going through stuff and, and you know, they might, not be, they might not be enjoying this moment at the moment that we're going through. Um, so you are going to get people that say no, but you're going to get a lot more that's going to say yes. So yeah. fitting them in and, and trying to work out who's going to be good with who, and you know, and you can't have like some right, right live wire and some right dead. Oh, like, uh, it's, it's just going to it's going to make the show bad. So you've got to try and fit them all in. And we've got quite a healthy waiting list, um, but it's just trying to you know put them together to make the show. Uh, watchable, you know. Yeah, a little bit like we've got. Like we said, we've 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 been out. We've been working our ass off for the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I only came up with the idea two weeks ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, uh, literally, we're booked up for the next three weeks, doing four a night, uh, four a week. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of time for the missus as well. But uh, yeah, so um, four a week, mate. And and like you say, I think we've had the one no. Which, to be honest, was a long shot anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the, some of the, I'm not going to massively give them away, but some of the guests we've got coming on, we've got a lot, we've got internationals, um, we've got just, you know, we're talking to people from America, from Australia, stuff like that. So it's, it's yeah, uh, the people that have come back to us is absolutely amazing. And and I think that the, the main thing is we just want to talk football. 
no matter yeah. what, non-league, professional, um, you know, every aspect of the game, which is what this is about. So we speak, we've been speaking to scouts, we've been speaking to coaches, we've been speaking to owners of football clubs. Um, so yeah, we've got lots coming up, and um, I, I think we're going to leave it there. Well, we've had a you know really good chat, Bill. I can I can only thank you so much for agreeing to come on yeah, and be the first guest. Brilliant. Um, um, I just want to add one thing, Bill. If you know any um, if you know any kit men at any pro clubs, can you put them in touch? <laughs> I really want to interview a kit man. I can. I've got a kit man in non-league. You can. You can. Uh... Okay, put me in touch <laughs> off air. Okay. Yeah. No worries. All right, no, good, good, lad. good lad. No worries. Rich is absolutely fixated on this kit, man. I don't know. <laughs> don't know what. <laughs> They're going to have amazing stories, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So look, I want to. I'm going to leave you with one question, Bill, and I'm going to ask this for all the non-league guys that come on. Oh, so in non-league, yeah. So in non-league, we all know when you go away from home, you get a bit of grub after a game. Okay, what's the best bit of grub? You've had away from home in non league. Haybridge Swifts, 100%. What was so it? We played, when Julian Dix was manager of Haybridge Swifts um, and Adam Drew was at the club, they they invited us to play them in a pre season friendly when I was at Epping. Um, so we went over, we went there one Tuesday night. Uh, I think we lost 3 1. There was like seven leagues above us. And uh, we lost 3-1, but we put on a really good account of ourselves. And we went in a bar after, and it was like proper pasta. And I was oh. like, what? <laughs> what is this? I, don't even, I wasn't even used to that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we were just sitting there like Posada. And it was like, wow. And then the lady behind the bar would just like, come over and bring more. And you all right? You got enough? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like garlic bread and all that. It's like garlic bread. <laughs> it was mental. So yeah, so Abrid Swifts, um, yeah, hundred percent. They've got the best. They do the best um, post-match meal. Yeah, the reason I ask, I'm going to ask that to every non-league because I do love knowing. And like the best, the best one I had um, is a club in Luton called Sixty One FC. Um, right. One of the oldest clubs going. Went in there, came in after the game. First of all, you're always looking out for the grub, see what's about. There's a little old West Indian lady sat in the corner, right? She's got this big pot, load of bread, walk over. I go, oh, it smells nice. What is it? She goes, chilli. I was like, great. A bit of bread with it. First mouthful, I went, fucking hell. I didn't say that to her, but I was like, whoa, this is amazing. This is the best chilli I've ever tasted. I said, why does it taste so good? And she goes, little secret, barbecue sauce. I went, oh. I think I must have had about three or four bowls, to be honest, but <laughs> that's probably why I'm as big as I am now. But, mate, oh, yeah. So I'm going to ask that to every non-league guy that comes on. Or yeah, in second, in second um, place, I'm up now I've got, you've got me thinking now, in second place, <laughs> Old Barcabians. So they're an old club. We played them when I was at Epping. So they put on hot dogs, hot dogs and oh. chips, proper hot dogs in oh. buns and chips. They had all this mustard and sauce. So like, oh, yeah, that's a bit of me, that. Not a bit of cheese, about, and a bit of yeah, <laughs> oh, When their players come in, they was like, "Where's what has?" It's like COVID sitting at a bar with like seven hot dogs. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. 
nice. I will shout out our guy though, Bernie. Makes a good chili. That's one not yeah, a cute. He does. He does make a good one, doesn't yeah. he? So, cheers, Burns. Anyway, we're going to leave it there, Bill. I can only thank you enough, yeah. mate. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, we'll get a pre-season friendly sorted as well, Bill. Eh? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, thank you for that. Nice one, Bill. Hey, All man. the best, mate. See you later, chaps. What up? Hey, cheers, Bill. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. Wow. Really enjoyed Brilliant. that, Rich. Brilliant, Jam. You know, so so honest. Um, you can tell that he he's a winner. He's a natural winner. Yeah. Lovely bloke. And, you know, if, if his season does continue, um, I really think we should try and go over and get to a game, meet him, have a chat, buy him a beer, um, and hopefully learn some more about him. For those that aren't aware of him, Jam, what's his Twitter so they can follow him? Uh, if you want to follow Bill, it's uh, Covey underscore 10 on Twitter. So, um, yeah, he's he's a big presence online. Uh, once you start following him, you're not going to stop because, uh, yeah, he's real good fun on there, real good banter and um, talks a lot of sense as well. Um, so, yeah, really enjoyed it. So what we got coming up next, Rich? Next up uh, for the second episode is a lad I met six years ago in Australia. Um, he's just broken through into the Western Sydney Wanderers first team in the A-League at the age of 19. So really looking forward to it, Jam. Oh, that's a top, top guest. Until next week. Nice one. Cheers, Rich. Cheers, Jambo.